Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Father-Son Packers podcast, your brand new source for Packers news, notes, and analysis. My name is Tommy, and I'm here, as always, with my co-host, my dad, Matt. Dad, how are you doing? Okay. No, I'm still, my, my, I'm still, my voice is still recovering from the game several days later, you know, since I was there in person with Tommy's big brother, Alex, and his cousin, John, um, and I basically lost my voice by halftime. You were doing the good work out there. You were... You were losing your voice for the right cause. And yes, we are a couple days later. We are recording this on Saturday night after the Thursday night Packers loss. 27-17 to loss to the Titans on Thursday night football in primetime. Tough loss. We'll get into it here. We're breaking it down. We had a bit of technical difficulties on Friday night trying to record this post-game pod, but we still wanted to get out to, it, out to you this weekend. So recording it here, so come listen. And if you enjoy what you hear... Maybe come give us a follow on Twitter at Father Son Packer. We tweet out as when we have. As long as it's still a thing. As long as long as Twitter is around, we will be around on Twitter at Father Son Packer. Like I said, we tweet out when we have new episodes. Tweet out articles that we find interesting. Packers news, Packers notes, Packers injury reports, stuff of that nature. So come give us a follow. We'd really appreciate it. And then on YouTube, we are at Father Son Packers podcast. If you want to come give us a uh, subscription there, it would really help our numbers. But anyway, Dad, should we get into it? What was uh? It's a tough loss sending the Packers to four and seven on the year with six games to play. It's looking a little not so great. Uh, what was your kind of what was your gut check for this game? Yeah, so been talking about whether it's time to stick a fork in the Packers season or not. And I think that the fork is stuck in and now it's a matter of when you take it out, is it going to look like it's completely done or you need to leave it in there or in this case, one more week. Yeah, I mean, they are right on the precipice. I mean, I think they would have to win the next six in a row to yeah. make the playoffs, and they would still need some help. 10-7 and seven yep. is not guaranteed right now, especially with how bad the NFC South is and one of those wildcard teams being better than you would expect them to be. Um, and I think a couple – I've heard a couple places, and I don't remember where they starts from, that the Packers' chance of the playoffs basically like 5%. I right think it's now. a good – yeah, somewhere between 3 and 5% is what I saw as well. It's lower than the Carolina Panthers because, well, they NFC are in South. the NFC South. Yeah. There's very few teams in the NFC with a lower percentage chance to make the playoffs. My gut check to this game was I'm not surprised that they lost. I'm a little surprised how they lost, that it was so much Ryan Tannehill carving them up with no receivers. It, it, we, we were expecting we might get run over by Derrick Henry, and instead Ryan Tannehill had like the, by far the best game of the season. I mean, maybe his best game in two years. I see. I'm going to push back on that. We've talked about this before. Ryan Tannehill took well, but did he have a year? But did he have a game as good as this game passing last year? I would have to look at the statistics, but off the top of my head, I was fairly impressed with. I think. Well, he was okay in their game against the Niners. I think a lot of it was AJ Brown making crazy catches last (laughs) year. I remember that game distinctly because I was watching it live with a few buddies, but. It definitely is in the conversation for one of his statistically best performances in the past two or three years, I would say. Um, I Yeah, I was a little surprised how they lost. Felt bad that they lost, um, but I wasn't totally surprised, like I said. I think the Cowboys' win was what it was. Felt nice to get a win. Felt nice to get a win against the Cowboys, but at the end of the day, this is still a pretty flawed football team, which I think we deep down kind of knew. There's a lot of problems yeah. that need to be solved in the offseason. 
Um, there's a lot of problems that I think need to be solved in the off season, and there are no obvious answers, uh, which I think and, and is we... something that we should tackle. We'll, we're going to talk about this during the bye week, I think, about plans for what possible plans for Packers next year. And we'll still be giving you episodes over the off season, of course. But I think it's definitely about as close as you can get to a dead season as until it actually is one and i think it's almost time to start looking to the draft and look into off-season plans and how they're going to do some of these cap gymnastics what's going to happen with the roster and what's going to uh, happen at quarterback and, are they going to give jordan love his fifth year option etc cetera, etc cetera. but yeah. we're not entirely here to talk about all of that today no. we're here to it, break it, down this titans game and we will there will be due time to do an yeah. autopsy and we of this talked a little season. bit kind of about like the season general like you know what last week's game against uh, the Cowboys meant. And, you know, it, it apparently was not, uh, it did not mean a, a full turnaround. No. Yeah. You know, and it was like, well, maybe, and we talked about this a little bit. I'll, we'll just look back at that as like, oh, it's a fun game to rewatch from the season. Like the Packers Bears game, the Mani or yeah, it's Randall Cobb again yeah. um, game from 2018. I, I'll rewatch that game now just for, just for kicks. I mean, yeah, it's it's always fun to beat the Cowboys. And I was I was saying after this game, was my my copium was like, wow, well at least the Cowboys really suck. I mean, that was that was kind of my feeling. I was like, man, we can't we look like impotent against these Titans for like large swaths of this game. And we'll talk and, about why and how much of that was. Yeah, but uh, we'll get into the meat and or, potatoes, or bad players of this or game plan. But let's start with the injury update. Unfortunately, there were a few injuries sustained for the Packers. Hopefully nothing major, but we don't entirely know and have a report, and we probably won't for a little while. But TJ Slayton left with an ankle injury. Uh, I'm not sure if he came back. I was unclear on that. Yeah, I was looking for him at one point. I th- it was a little hard to see from where I was sitting, and then my rewatch, I forgot to like really pay attention it's, to whether he came back in. I thought he might have, but I'm not 100% sure. It's about. interesting because I didn't really see him come back in, but I also didn't see the Packers tweet about him, about like an injury update. Oh. Whereas in the case of Quay Walker, they did tweet out that he would be essentially out the rest of the game. He left late with a shoulder injury, and the Packers tweeted out that he was not going to come up. On that same play... Uh, Darnell Savage went down and had to leave the field. Although I think he did come back. Um, did he? I know. Oh, maybe he left under. So they, but yeah, he left I under his own that. power. They both left on all three of them left under their own power. Yeah. Um, though Savage to, was able to walk off the field without getting attended to by trainers on the field. Like, well, so while Quay was getting attended to by the trainers, I could see it that Savage was walking off the field. Yeah. And they reported it as a shoulder injury for Quay could be, a lot of mechanisms in that area. We're just going to have to keep an eye on the injury report. But those were the three for the Packers. Definitely something to keep an eye on, but we're not going to get a report on that until, I mean, probably not till Wednesday of next week. So time, some time until then. Yeah, um, Packers don't give you any injury updates until they have to, essentially. And even when they do have to, they're very nebulous <laughs> and very vague. Um, oh, yes. I, I would think about that this season. Somebody... Is like has had the prize for that this year. One of the players I can't remember um, who it's been. Where it's like, what's for the Packers? wrong with them? Yeah, for the Packers. What's wrong with them? I don't even know. I, I can't remember now who it was, but it's been somebody for a couple of weeks. Like they say they're hurt. I don't know what it, what the injury is, but yeah, I, I I'm not entirely sure either. But that's the injury report. Do you want to get into kind of the 
full meat and uh, potatoes game breakdown? Sure. Let's start getting into the game breakdown. We can start with what we wanted to see. Um, yeah, let's let's I, start with the offense. And yeah. I right, start with the offense. I had a couple things I wanted to see, but only one on the offense, and I think you didn't have any on the offense. And so yeah, one and, thing. And for our listeners, these are some of the stuff we went over in our pregame. Usually, we have a segment each week during our pregame for the game where we're like, "This is what we want to see from the Packers, either from an individual player or." Uh, strategy wise etc cetera, etc cetera. but i didn't particularly have anything for the offense but you did right so i was hoping to see the packers take some more deep shots because we knew that the titans run defense was stout and i thought maybe if they could get some deep shots they could loosen it up a little bit and, and it, especially a- especially deep shots with what we didn't actually know when we did our pregame because he had been listed as limited but Amani Hooker didn't end up playing this game. One of their starting safeties mm. um, was something that we... It seemed that he was progressing throughout the week in their estimated uh, practice schedule. And then all of a sudden, uh, time before the game, they declared him as out. So another kind of opportunity to take more deep shots without one of their starting safeties in. Yeah. So they took a couple that were sort of intermediate downfield. Cobb got, got a couple nice catches with some just... But the really only the real deep shot was... Um, well, they had the one in the middle to... Watson, where he just got run into by the defender. I was like, I'm, I'm screaming at the games. Like, how can you let him just run into him and not throw a flag at all? Screaming with what little voice you had left at that point. By that time, time. yeah. I was, yeah. So screaming might be a little bit of a exaggeration, I must it's admit. It's the thought that counts. <laughs> Mental screaming. I know exactly um, the play you're talking about. I've seen stills from it, and obviously, like, stills don't really tell the whole story. But, man, is he getting his whole army yanked right. in that still. And, and I could even see that part of the play because they were running away from us on that play. So we were on the far side. I could just see him collide with Watson. And then afterwards, you see the, the shot from the other side. That Not only is he just running into him, but he's actually grabbing his arm and pulling on it. And But then they also had the, the uh, play to, you might, you might call it a deep shot, that Lazard caught under tight coverage on the right sideline. Yeah, it was a yep. nice play. I mean, so they took uh, what a was it? That that play was like, God, I hate with them. I hate when they do that. I hate when and they it's just the only throw time it ever works is when it's this miracle catch from Lazard. The amount of I hate to say it, but the amount of luck that is required for those plays to work, it is literally a prayer ball to the sideline, one v one, and they're running this on third and three sometimes. I'm just like, what are we doing here? And what is the point? Into extremely tight coverage. Yes, but we're already kind of getting ticked okay, off I'm at getting, the offense. Yeah. <laughs> but we wanted to start with the positives and then move to the negatives on the offense. And you mentioned Randall Cobb. Let's start with the positives. I thought Cobb looked great in his return. He had six catches for 73 yards. Um, he had a really good, uh, a really important fumble recovery, that is, when Aaron Jones fumbled the ball and he was the first guy there. If he wasn't there, possession <sighs> switches, and it would have been an even it worse been, game for the Packers. Another one of those games where you feel like as soon as they do something right, it, they they make a mistake. And and, blood. and not only and Cobb got six catches, but his, he caught all six of his targets as well. Yes, and I would, I would just love to see, like, I bet the Packers have like the highest number of plays that swing win probability for their opponents more than ten percent in the league. <laughs> like they must, they they got to be the team that shoots themselves in the foot the most in the league. 
But yeah, I thought Cobb was really good. He also took over punt returner duties for a little bit, and there weren't any really problems there. I think he only actually took one punt return, but there were only three punts in the game by the Titans. We'll get into the defense and special teams later. But took a punt return, didn't fumble it. It is what it is. I thought Cobb was really nice in this game. What did uh? What did yeah, you have was, as a positive? He was finding open space in the field. I had additional. Um, you know, I also had Cobb on my list of good things for the offense. And you know, everyone I also likes had to. That- Everyone likes to clown Aaron Rodgers and be like, oh, he just brought his buddy in. Cobb has been, I think, maybe their most consistent offensive player, like when he's healthy. He's been very effective at getting like third down conversions and um, you know, being efficient with his tar- with his targets. And being efficient with his snaps. I mean, he doesn't actually play all that many snaps in the game. He only usually plays about half the offensive snaps. Yeah, so um, he's actually been uh uh you know the more reliable players definitely when he's when he's when when he can play and that is the issue which is one of the things as you were worried about before the season that they had too many players who were you knew were We're getting into the negatives again dad we're getting into the negatives more positive it's hard to it's hard to avoid it is but i also (laughs) felt like um bakhtiari i think is continuing to look good yep um and the line only gave up the the offensive line overall only gave up one sack the The second game in a row where the preferred starters played Every snap. The tackles have been good this year. I would say. I would say Bakhtiari and Nyman have been good this year. Yeah. Nyman gave up the one holding. It was kind of unfortunate because I feel like he was already like four or five yards downfield, I think, when yeah. the holding occurred. It's like we would have had an, an okay gain even if you the, your guy makes the tackle at that point. This yeah. isn't one of the ones like a couple of weeks ago where he is just stone cold beat. And the guy is gonna murder Rodgers in the back if he doesn't just grab him and take him down. Oh, those are fine holds. I'm totally fine with those holds. That's that's that's, that's actually what they're supposed to do. Yes. Um, but yeah, a then, hold on a run when the guy's already kind of through the hole. Through the hole, five yards downfield. Yeah, that that would hurts. And then, but in terms and then of Watson, positives, I, positives, I was going to say Watson too. Watson had two more TDs. He's leading all rookies in touchdowns. In touchdown receptions, yes. Touchdown receptions. Yes. yes, but it's um, it's crazy that two weeks ago he had I mean one touchdown rush, but he had no receiving touchdowns two weeks ago, and two games later, five days later, he has five touchdowns. I mean, it's kind of incredible. Obviously, that pace is not realistic I think to keep I saw up. A tweet today or yesterday that he's the first rookie with five touchdowns in five in a five day period. It's kind of crazy. I mean, what's the call? He had, he had four catches for 48 yards and two touchdowns this game. And I think the real encouraging thing, uh, like about him as a building block moving forward, assuming health like is okay and he's not as injury prone as he's been this year. I mean, he it was the way he scored the first touchdown for me. The fact that it was a contested catch. The fact that it wasn't just all predicated on speed. Um, that was the quick snap, 12 men on the field um, at the end of the first quarter from Rodgers. The fact that he knew what to do, the fact that he caught a contested ball, and then the fact that he had a nice little out route for a first down later. He had a really important uh, first down. Well, would have been important if they had maybe kept the drive alive later, but it was to keep the drive alive, which was very nice. I thought he had a really good game. Obviously, the touchdown like rate is not sustainable. At one point, he had six catches in a row. keep averaging point- two and a half touchdowns a game? At one point, he had five touchdowns over six catches, like from one game to the next, <laughs> which is absurd. Um, yeah, but the no, second think... touchdown was good too, where it was kind of similar to one of last week's. I guess the last one of last week's, where he's cutting from right to left through the defense and 
in some ways outrunning the he's coverage. He's too fast. He's too fast. Even going, guys. even you know, running horizontally, he's yeah. still the speed is is paying off. It's it's super evident on the field how fast he is, and I think you can be really encouraged by the pairing of him and Dobbs going forward into next year. I think that's something really solid you can build off of. Um, and I mean, Toure has shown some stuff as well. Um, I would like to see more Toure, but we'll talk about that. I would uh, too. Lafleur did say that. Toure definitely deserves some more snaps. I how many times has he said does, that a player does it's your decision? Lafleur have to say, "Oh, that guy deserves more snaps." Like, okay, yeah, and and who's in charge of that? It's something. Oh right? yeah, we should have given that guy more snaps. I, I will say though, he's usually pretty good at implementing changes. That I feel like under McCarthy, there were changes that were evident that were just not being made. Whereas like now, that's like. The changes are evident, and they're being made a little late, like right. Savage to the slot, say, for instance. It might take a little while, for but it to they're happen. being but they're being made. Like Savage to the slot, that change was made. I'm almost positive that came down from Lafleur, um, and like things of that nature. Uh, can we get the uh, Devonte Wyatt? Uh, we'll get to the defense later, but my goodness. Um, but those are the good things. I think there was a lot more that was bad. Um, I don't mind starting if 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 you don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I got um, I got so much. I have, I have on so offense. So let's. Uh, I I mean, I'll start with the run game was putrid, and the Packers running backs carried it 18 times for 53 yards for 2.9 for a carry. That's awful. I know the Titans have the best running defense in the league, but this was a whole yard per carry less than they had allowed on the season. Like they had been allowing 3.9, which was the second, I think, second best in the league, or at least top five in the league. Um, but this is a whole yard less, like 2.94, 53 total yards. And I think in large part, it was because the interior O line was awful. I mean, it was really bad. And Josh Myers was a second round pick. Like Elton Jenkins, like, is looking for an extension this offseason. John Runyon had been good before, but I know PFF grades are not the end-all be-all but i mean these grades at least kind of match the eye test for me and here's what they are these are the run blocking grades per pff once again grades per pff are a little bit fluky they're not always perfect but they are at least another data point and i just found this interesting elton with a 51.9 run blocking grade josh myers with a 51.9 run blocking grade runyon with a 57.3 run blocking grade so runyon with the best with a 57.3 run blocking grade if you look at the average grade for the season amongst interior O-line, that would be the 100th ranked interior O-lineman. And that was their best, gr- highest graded interior O-lineman in this game, in run blocking. I mean, it was awful. I mean, you just yeah. expect so much more, especially, I mean, I hate to say this, but they took Josh Myers one spot in, ahead of Creed Humphrey, who is one of the best centers in the league, I would say. And Yeah, he was as a rookie. I mean, now, I, I, can I can I like uh, since you brought up yeah, the running, I, I also had it as a thing. So maybe I'll I'll jump in with that now. Um, I mean, how could you not have it as like a thing? It's like the offense so, is supposed to be predicated on running the ball. You can't run the ball. Like I don't. And, I, and, and you knew this was going to be a bit of a struggle. But what was driving me a little crazy, and I talked. I think we talked about this a little bit pregame. Um, that their best run defense is up the middle. Yes, and why are they place, trying them up the middle? One place where they're weakest is wide. And so I had this, like, Packers spent too much time trying to run up the middle. Where the Titans' defense was strongest, and they just got their best defender back. 
And they're you know, missing they, both of their starting edges from the beginning of the year. I don't understand. And so the Packers ran 11 times up the middle at 2.8 yards a carry and only eight running back carries wide at 3.4 yards a carry. It wasn't great, but it's still better. It just doesn't make much sense, does it? No. And so I was like, and we talked about this, like they shouldn't try running. They should try running wide more in this game rather than up the middle. And yet they still did more runs up the middle than they did wide. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, the running game fell apart, and, you know, the Packers always struggle when they can't run the ball. Beyond that, I mean, do you want to talk more about the run game? Um, that was the main thing that I had, was some of it was it was a you know, strategic decision in some ways that I was having the most problem with rather than the execution, because they tried to go at the stoutest part of their defense. Yeah, they're it's running like, inside straight at Jeffrey Simmons. And and the the final play essentially of the game just encapsulated that moment where they fourth and one or two, whatever it is, and they're trying to get the first down to keep the drive going with you know two fifteen left. Yeah. And they run right, right up into, the middle. Right up the middle it. into Jeffrey Simmons and they don't get it. It's like why? Why don't you run where where their the data not... suggests you're more likely to have success? I I don't I don't get it. And I mean, I was pretty I was pretty mad at the spot on that fourth down. Like oh, that spot that was spot total was, BS was I re- awful. I rewatched the play. <laughs> it was terrible. But they had no Watson... challenges left because they blew all their timeouts like a well, bunch of morons. That you one, can't they challenge did. within two minutes. I get I, yeah, whatever. Okay, but but well, actually, it wasn't two minutes. It was two o five. Okay, well then, still. But they had used. I think like they used their timeouts all on the Titans' possession, so it's going to save them the most number of seconds. Yeah, if you do it that way, I know. But but, but the thing is, they had already burned like timeouts earlier for no reason. Like not in, no, not in that, not in the second half. They only had two they, timeouts they, on that Titans' possession. I thought. No, I thought they used all three. Okay, you might be right. I, I but. That catch by Watson. Yes, I know. When he first catches it, he's right on the first right on yep. the first yard line. And I don't know if they didn't see it right or if they decided that it was his own momentum bringing him back. Even but the if guys it like wrapped around his... his legs and bringing him backwards. It, yeah, it could have easily been a first down. They they, you know they, they 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 took a yard away from him. I'm upset about it, but they weren't going to win that game. It's whatever. I'm, I'm, um, yes, I'm, I am upset by several calls in the game, but they probably would not have. No, Change you the can't outcome, play as poorly as they did and be like, "Oh, the refs," because like they played like I'm not going to say it, but they played like you know what, um, <laughs> booty. They, they played like absolute cheeks, <laughs> absolute buns all game long. I mean, can we talk about Rodgers? I mean, the numbers. Oh, we have to. The numbers yeah. weren't bad. Twenty four of thirty nine for two hundred twenty seven yards and two touchdowns. Um. Because but, man, on, he was on, missing guys left and right. Go ahead, and yep. then I have some specifics. So, uh, yeah, so I had Rodgers said he was off target on several thro- throws. The thumb, the, is cl- the thumb is clearly an issue. I think yeah. you can't look at the game and be like, <coughs> the thumb isn't an issue. The thumb is a problem. But I had two things. I, a couple times he waited too long to get rid of the ball again, causing the intentional grounding deep in their own territory. And the thumb led- is no excuse for not throwing it to open dudes. Dudes are open. And, and, and then in the, late in the fourth quarter, they had he had that took that sack because he just had six or seven seconds, and you know you couldn't find anybody. Throw it away, please. I, yeah, that sack was was any. That's the worst <laughs> thing. Egregious. Can, it was an egregious <clears throat> sack to take. I mean, my goodness. Yeah. Like, 
and I mean, I have I have specifics. I mean, like you said, he was missing yeah. guys all yeah, night. Guys the like thumb is clearly bad. Lazard, um, let me let me pick. So let me, you've got the the specifics on those, but all kinds of times we had guys open and he just missed his mark. He could he couldn't hit the target. And I mean, there's the thumb is clearly a problem. I think he got it hit in this game as well. And I don't want to make excuses for him, but there were several plays late in the game where it's just inexplicable. I mean, you had guys running wide open. If you, as a listener, want to check these out, you got third and 12 at the 923 mark from their own 32. Drops back, steps up in the pocket to the twenty five, his own 25-yard line. Sammy Watkins comes wide open on a crosser over the middle at the 50-yard line, so what would be a 25-yard throw. And it's there, and it looks like the ball just absolutely dies in the air on him. I mean, he throws it, and that thing just goes just tails off and fades like a like a field goal kick. And then third and three from the plus 38, so the opponent's 38 with 526 to go, down 10, really crucial part of the game. Takes a deep drop to about the 48, and then just Lazard, wide open, again, middle of the field, 25-yard line, would be like a 25-yard throw. Just misses him high and left, doesn't hit him, he's wide open. I mean, he's got a linebacker on him, then second and 10, 414 yeah. left. Tries to hit Sammy Watkins across the middle, and there's just... No zip on the ball at all. But that, I mean, I think that that's thing the one was like duck. way left of him as well, right? No, th- this one was on him, and it just oh, oh, it, it, oh. he got a completion. He, this one he completed. Oh, oh, that's not. It's the other one. The, the first one is the one that was way left, and it just faded. he's coming. He's it just faded on him, crossing in from the right, and it's just way too. But it's not even left. wide. You watch the replay. The ball starts out on trajectory to him, and then just dies in the air and fades hard left. Like it just it, no, it, it I, dies I in the air. He's got no zip. I mean, the ball, that 414 one left on second and 10. Watkins across the middle, he hits him, I think, if I remember correctly, but the ball just takes an eon to get there, and it's so un Rogers like. There were a couple that was like this soft floater I noticed during the game. Yeah. And then he had the other, a couple other ones like earlier in the game when I feel like he was having trouble on the move with some of his throws, where early on when he's um, scrambling right. And he has to throw back across his body to hit Lazard, who's camped out open in the middle. And he, he basically pulls it too far left, and Lazard can't get it. And, I mean, this is only part of the problem. Like, like functionally, he's not getting the ball there. But even if that can be explained by the thumb, he's also just not seeing open guys. Like, the fourth down, I think it was, shot, he took to Lazard down the left sideline. Oh, There's three like, dudes who are open. I can't believe he threw. He decided that was the highest probability. That was of, just a that of like a first just down. Like, give up on this play throw. It had no chance. And I, I just, I just don't understand. I like I, I don't get it. Um, and then beyond that, I mean, did you have any other negatives for the offense? I had one more. Um, not really. I mean, I feel like Watkins is struggling again. He did get open a couple times and, and Rodgers missed him or didn't hit him. But he also had times where he was thrown to Watkins and he's like, the guy's like all over him. It's like, uh, you know, they got no separation. Yeah, I think my last negative for the Packers was Lazard. I mean, he had several drops. And if, I mean, he's had, he's had drop problems all year. I... You just need him to be more reliable than, than that. And then if you want to go by PFF grades again, again, it's only a data point. But he has been the worst run blocker on the team this year at any position. And, in fact, they have him as the 10th worst run blocker in the league, period, at any position. Um, I don't think he's... Do I think he's that bad? No. But he's certainly not good. 
and he's, and he's certainly not, not been... blocking as well as he has in previous years. Right. And he's I not mean, living up to his reputation. Exactly. And I think the running game is suffering because of it. I mean, it is what it is, but he just hasn't been as good as they've needed him to be this year. And maybe it was unfair to expect that much of him going into the year as a former UDFA. But it just I would I have him as a negative at least in my book. Yeah, he only caught what five of thirteen targets. Or now, what was the number? I have it up. He had eleven targets and he caught five. Five of eleven, which is it's it's pretty abysmal. Um, did you have anything else uh, negative for the offense, or should we move to the defense? Let's move on to the defense. All right, some things that we wanted to see from the defense. For me, I wanted to see them actually focus all resources towards stopping the opponent opposing team's best player. I had felt like they had failed to do that against the Vikings in week one. I felt like they had failed to do that against the Cowboys, uh, the Cowboys with CD lamb. They kind of let him do whatever he wanted. They still won that game, but the process didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. So I wanted to see them actually focus all those resources there. And they did. They limited Derrick Henry really well, just to 3.1 yards per carry. Um, they didn't let him break off any big runs. His long carry of the day was just nine yards. I would say that's excellent. Um, I would say they succeeded in this, although it did seem that in any kind of important down, like any third and short, they couldn't stop him. I mean, near the goal line, it felt like they couldn't stop him. It was just the one fourth down stop they got on him. Yeah. Otherwise, and I'm watching this game. It wasn't just Henry, but it was a lot of other plays. Like they kept making first downs by like half a yard. Over yeah. and over and over again. It was driving me absolutely bonkers. Yeah, and I mean, that's what I wanted to see from the Packers. I would say they did it, except for those. They just couldn't win the short yardage situations. And they've been, I feel like, bad at situational football, both on offense and defense all year. I mean, it is yeah. what it is. Yeah. What did you want to see from the defense in this game? And So I was looking for them to keep Ford at safety, um, as I didn't have much uh, faith in Savage trying to tackle Henry in the open field. And they played him back there some. It was, I guess, a, mi- a mixed bag. Yeah. I guess uh, it is what and, it is. Yeah. And, there's, and I think they were pu- um, putting a lot of resources into stopping the run game. Yeah. Um, should we go into our good things for the defense first? or? Sure. We yeah. Well I mean, end, for me. We might as well end this episode with the bad. Yeah. I mean, for me, like <laughs> I said, the run defense was really good, shutting down Henry, like I said above. I thought Quay Walker had a really solid game tackling. Um, did get injured late, though. Um, yeah, those are my only positives for the defense. I thought the defense was was really atrocious in this game for the most part. Yeah, so I had a couple things. I had something I don't know if it was a good or bad. They had What I noticed in the game, a couple times they had some unusual alignments where they had mm-hmm. like Garvin and Preston on one side and Quay as the edge rusher on the other. And they were doing some, uh, I think, trying some different combinations of players and alignments for some of the deep defense. So I mean, I don't hate it. Got to try I don't something. Hate it, I, I felt like it needed a mention because it was something I hadn't seen much of in a while. They're trying it with different players, um, but I, I had have to go back a little more depth to see if that was less or more effective than the other alignments on similar plays. Um, but a couple of the good things I had. And I, the defense really came to play in the fourth quarter. They got three straight stops in the fourth quarter to give the Packers a chance. One INT and two three and outs. So mm-hmm. those three possessions by by the Titans amounted to almost nothing and very little time off the clock. 
And I felt like the D-line did mostly a good job of clogging the running lanes for Henry. Like, he didn't have any space to go, um, especially inside, leading him to getting only 3.1 yards per carry. There's, as we mentioned before, there's a nice fourth and one stop in the red zone, though in some ways that only led to the Packers getting pinned and the then Tennessee scoring a little later with no time left for the Packers to do anything on a on a standard possession that didn't yeah. start at their own one. I sent out that I was like, I know the defense is so mad. They got this fourth down stop just to move them back 25 yards. Like, yeah. And the punt was it was bad. I mean, the, whatever. Yeah. Um, I have a lot and, of negatives for the defense, and I'm ready whenever you are. And yeah, then, then just a couple individual plays. There's a really nice job by Barnes to come up and stop Tannehill short of the mm-hmm. um, yep. sticks there that about. forced a punt in the third quarter and the pick by Douglas, of course, where he basically read the play and went to the spot where the ball was going to be going through in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I mean, are you ready for my... We're ready for some bad. Do you want to go bad first? My enumeration of I see you have a long list. I do, and I think it could have been longer, but... Oh, man, where to start? Let's start with third down defense. So much soft zone, so much of it, and so much passivity on defense on third down. In the first half alone, the Titans converted a third and seven. Then they turned a third and ten into a fourth and one, which they converted. So easy nine yards on third down which made it very easy on fourth down. Then they converted a third and one. Then they converted a third and one. Then they converted a third and two. Then they turned a third and 10 into a fourth and one, but they did not convert. So I guess solid, but you should never have let them get to a fourth and one in the first place playing such soft zone. You give that nine yards there. You basically say, oh, you should, now you should go for it on fourth. You should go for it, yeah, exactly. Twice they, they did that. And then they gave up a third and seven and a third and three. I mean, the Titans ended up going seven of 13 on third down for the game, but they started seven of 10 until like pretty much the dregs of the game. I mean, you let them go seven of 10 on third down, and if you want to include the fourth down conversion, essentially eight of 10 on drives, continue, or eight of 10 on opportunities to continue drives. I mean, it is what it is, but uh, I mean... Yeah, I mean, I had a couple of bad. similar things about the third down where just not enough pressure on critical passing downs long But yardage. the thing is, there's excuses. There's, there are reasons the D-line, like I have, I have this written down. The third down defense was awful. And I mean, the pass defense was bad. And the D-line was bad and couldn't get any pressure. But without Gary, it's like hard to expect much. I will say though, if you're listing like most disappointing players on the season... And I hate to say this because I, I like all of the individual Packers as players. But if we're being real for most disappointing players, is Kenny Clark second? Is he third? He has is been he fourth? down the last like five weeks. I think he had a good like first three weeks of the season. And he has not done that much lately. I mean But but the other thing he's put on is like the secondary. Well here's the thing has with Kenny though. Extraordinarily but- yeah, we're going to talk about the secondary. If if I the secondary, if I can talk about Kenny for a second though. You're playing against Aaron Brewer, their backup center, and you're getting outplayed. Aaron Brewer, the Titans on their website list this guy at 274 pounds. And you're getting beaten down routinely and not just on double teams. One-on-ones. I don't think I heard Kenny Clark's name once in this entire game, and you're playing against a 274-pound backup center who, according to Justice Mosqueda, in college, they tried to play him at long snapper. Like, how? You know, one thing that's kind of interesting, I was thinking about this lately, that 
I think uh, Kenny's run defense has been down the last two years. I don't think I think it was down last year as well. He dropped weight um, when Barry came in. That uh, you know that that Petten had this idea that everybody should be like at their max weight, and I think Barry's had people playing you know it's a scheme to have people play at a lower weight, and maybe that weight drop has not been so good for Kenny's game. Yeah, and I mean, the third down defense was awful, but the defense overall was just terrible, especially the pass defense. I mean, the Titans had two different 60-plus-yard touchdown drives in the second half where they didn't even face a single third down. Two separate 60-plus-yard touchdown drives that didn't even contain a third down because you couldn't stop them on any down. I mean, the D-line was terrible, but let's talk about the secondary. I mean, the secondary, I know Stokes is out, but my goodness, they seemed simultaneously undisciplined and disinterested in playing football. I mean, I have specific, I, I have specific instances. Do you have examples? Jair not going <laughs> like, for the, yeah, Jair, I have examples. Jair not going for the tackle at the three yard line on Derrick Henry's touchdown run. Like, sure. You're probably not going to stop him, but you're definitely not going to stop him. If you don't try Savage, absolutely blowing a coverage on second of seven at seven thirty six in the third. If you want to check it out, Titans gained 31 yards because he bites up on, and they double a guy in the flat and the guy's, Conquo, I think it is, is running wide open down the left sideline. Um, also, that big, that that first big play and the first possession, Savage is coming up to, the, and maybe that was the maybe that was the design, but he comes up to the line on it's like what third and seven, and they get a fifty yard play or whatever it was to uh, Traylon Burks. He's been really bad this year. I mean, second and, and, and uh, there's, so there's no there's no safety help at all on that play for for Nixon and t- and like. The, I think this is the most egregious one to me. Second and seven, a minute 37 in the third quarter. Please go watch it if you don't remember it. Rasul Douglas displayed, I think, some of the worst effort like I've I've seen from the Packers defense this year. I mean, he let Robert Woods not only run by him, like, like or like, he, not only did he blow the coverage on Robert Woods, he let him just run by him after blowing the coverage and left Chris Barnes to chase him down from behind. And then after the play, he's arguing with Savage about whose coverage it was. How are we having arguments about whose coverage is whose? Week 11. Like you know, In watching this game, you felt like we had gone back to the Titan. I mean, that's the Vikings game. Yeah. Where it's people like, are... I, mean, I think... What is going you know, on? Tannehill only had to complete like one or two passes to cover... To covered receivers, they're like wide open. And it's like, and not only, and my, there's all of these blown coverages, lack of effort. I mean, it's easy for me to say from this side of the mic, but it's, I think it's kind of evident in a lot of spaces. And I mean, just some of the worst tackling form I've seen from the secondary all year in this game. I mean, they're just throwing shoulders. Even Amos isn't wrapping up, and he's, he's one of their better tacklers. Like, you know, one thing I watched was like, how little do they believe in the defensive plan? Oh, I... Right? I mean, do they I just think, think like... I think they're out. I think they've, that, that, I think they've totally this, checked out on... I think, this, I think they're not listening to the Barry messaging at all. Like, I think they're totally out on the coaching, which is why they need to make a change. But at the same time, you're professionals. Like... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, this, I think the secondary is a lot... Like, the D-line, you're missing your best pass rusher. Like I think Kenny could have played better. I thought Preston was okay. I thought Enigbari was okay. I think yeah, Kenny they, was. They each got a couple pressures, and uh, you know Preston had like one and a half sacks. So, but and you um, know I actually thought Dean was actually okay in this game, and Reed was okay. But what on earth does Wyatt have to do? 
to get a snap. Like, my goodness. Like, what does he have to do? Um, you picked him in the first leave, round. Leave bear traps for all the rest of the defensive linemen? I mean, it seems like short of, like, catastrophe along the D-line in terms of a health situation, he's just never going to see more than, like, 10 snaps a game. Like, I don't know why you picked him if you don't think he can play. Like, did like did he show up and everyone was like, oh, no, we made a mistake. Like, he can't play. But I, I mean, but when you watch him in limited snaps, he's not that he's bad. Been making, he's, he's been not making that ba- plays in limited snaps. I don't know why they don't try to ride and see what he can produce with uh, with more playtime. Some people, you know, are gamers. You know, I mean, the, the lights come on and they do better. And, and, I just, and other uh, people shrink. I mean, I, I, I don't know. Worth- I, I would say the, the D-line was a problem, but I was so much more disappointed with the secondary. I mean, oh, yeah. And, and more, we had higher hopes for the secondary. I mean, yeah, so I know Stokes was out. Him- but you still got three. You still I just got meant two in general. First... I meant for the season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I know it's, it's, it's bad. It's bad. But I have, I have some more stuff to pile on here if you want. Yeah, why not? Because uh, you know, so first, like giving up three hundred and thirty yards passing on twelve point three yards per attempt to Tannehill. So we talked about how you know much better he was. It was three hundred and thirty the... yards, and he only had five incompletions. He was averaging. He's only averaging two hundred and ten yards a game passing. He had three hundred thirty three. He only in this had game. three games over two hundred yards passing out of seven starts on the season, and he was averaging eight point one yards per attempt. And we gave up twelve point three. He only had we five gave up, incompletions. We gave up fifty percent more yards per attempt than he had been averaging. Ah, man, it's it's even worse when you like look at it. Like, yeah, and then they also. Failed to play, you know, complimentary football. You know, with TDs given up right after Green Bay scores in the second half, ah! and it wasn't until it wasn't until the fourth quarter that they finally started making some positive impact on the game. Breakdowns, as we said, breakdowns in the secondary back with receivers running just all, open through the field. Woods, Burks, and, and Hooper. I I was cackling. When Burks went for 50 yards with two minutes left on first down. When he beat Jair down the field, I was like, oh my goodness. Yeah, Can mean, you put it, more of an exclamation ways, mark that on was it for us, please? Garbage play. I, just try, I almost feel like those yards barely count. What you but, mean? But I at least, mean, you know what? Burks found a team he get his rookie breakout game against. Yeah. Congratulations, I guess. I mean, I picked him up in fantasy, but whatever. I don't know. Here's <laughs> yeah, the thing and I dropped is, him in fantasy. And then the other the thing, thing they is, did. Like, that, isn't, wasn't that just like le, the pièce de yes. resistance of that chef's game? Kiss, like, if you're a Titans fan, Their kiss. rookie receiver who had been underperforming burns your number one 20 million a year corner down the field for 50 yards on yeah. first down when they're up 10, two minutes left in the game. I mean, I, you can't script it better. It's amazing. It's amazing. And this and this is what, you know, the last kind of thing I want to mention. They gave way too many expo- explosive plays. Yeah. 43-yarder to Burks in the first possession. In the second half, a 31-yarder to Aquanco. A 42-yarder. That was the pass. We said, like, Henry's longest run was only nine, but he had a 42-yard Reception. That's true. I mean, thirty-two yarder to Woods you know and a fifty-one that, yarder to Burks. You know what that Derrick Henry uh, screen reminded me of? Do you remember that Alvin Kamara? Kamara? I was going to say. I Kamara? was going to say. Do you the, remember the, that Alvin Kamara twenty twenty screen where he beat the seventy every the single the player 75, on the field? You mean yes. the one that had seventy-five missed tackles in a single play? Yes, and Tyler Lancaster is sprinting downfield to catch him. 
It re- I was he like, made the best oh effort God. by the defense on that play. I was like, oh my God, it's deja vu. <sighs> I mean, all you yep. can do is all you can do is I guess laugh and plan for next year. It is what it is. Did you have any other negatives for the for the defense, or should we move to the defense? I mean, Woo! some of it we already talked about in terms of their third down, uh, yeah, um, I mean conversions that they gave up, and a lot of them were long. Third and seven converted. Third and nine converted. Yeah, I mean we burned third and through. ten converted. Yeah. Thirty seven converted, and that was. Ugh. I mean, they started, the Titans started 7 of 10, like we said. They started 7 of 10 on third down. Ugh. Like, that's that can't happen if you're going to win a football game. Like, yep. what are we doing here? But, yeah, let's get let's get on to, to WeFence. I mean, what was it? Andy Herman tweeted, uh, I thought this was funny. He was like, so you mean changing the name from special teams to WeFence didn't <laughs> fix it? I'm astounded. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. They are... Not only are they who we thought they were, they are who we yes, <laughs> yes, very good. They are who we thought they were. But not only are they, um, we don't know the exact numbers, but the general reports are they're paying Basachi as the highest paid special teams coordinator in the league, or at least one of them. They are allocating specific spots on the roster to special teams with Levitt. It's like Nixon every week they keep Ford, adding another special team specialist and Westbrook, and like they're they have all these special team specialists. And the special teams is still terrible. Like another blocked kick on uh, either the snap and or the hold were shaky on the extra point. Okay, another here's block. my thing on here's my thing on long snappers. How are there less than thirty guys in the world <laughs> who can do this? I don't understand. Thirty people in the world. There's less than that. They can do this one job. It's astounding to me. And I'm not. I'm not even. Like, this is not administrative long snappers, but there's got to be more than 20 guys in the world that can do this. Like, come on, guys. Yep. But I would say we had a better return game today um, from Nixon, though he gave me a heart attack picking up the bouncing ball. But that that also, I think, gave the long, maybe the longest return of the year out of punt. Yeah, I think, I think that sounds right. And, uh, you know, got into Titans territory, which we then immediately squandered. Um, but here's the thing. The kickoffs. Yeah, short kickoffs were killing us this game. Here, here's, here's what I got. After kickoffs, so these are just kickoffs. So they ha- the Tennessee Titans started at, so two good ones because of penalties. They, the Tennessee Titans started at the 17-yard line because of a penalty on the Titans. And a nine-yard li- the 9-yard line because of a penalty on the Titans. On the other two, they started at the 33 and the 37. And the one at the 17, they actually returned it to the 37. So... They're starting at almost the 35-yard line every I mean, single time you kick it off. And they're forget, kicking it to the 10. For, right. Forget, like, touchback or at the at the goal line. The, the, the kickoffs were getting to the 10-yard line. I mean, F it. Kick it out of bounds. Like, give it to them at the 45. <laughs> at least they might not return it for a touchdown. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> sick. I mean, they used a roster spot. For Ramiz Ahmed last week because Mason Crosby couldn't kick it hard done, And they, and they probably should have done it this week. They should have. They absolutely should have. I'm And they should have known I'm losing my in mind. this cold weather game where, are, are we sure, are we really think that Crosby's back is better? Why didn't they do it again this week? I don't know. I don't know. Who did we? Who do we have active this week yeah, right? that, that made wasn't... an ounce of difference? At the bottom, at the end of the roster, instead of having Abed, here's how do the here's how bad again. it is. 
here's how bad it is. We're using two spots at kicker on special teams, and the special teams are still bad. <laughs> We're using two spots. <laughs> we for need we need more kickers. We need we need seven kickers on the uh, on the active uh, roster. Here's the thing, though. Ahmed wasn't kicking it to the end zone either. Yeah, like, but he's supposed it, to have it, a big it, leg. He's kicking it to like the four or the it two. It wasn't the ten. That's true. <laughs> I mean, but the thing it's is, it's an extra eight a, yards. I love Mason Crosby for what he's done for the backs. All-time Packers leading scorer. Love Mason Crosby, the Silver Fox. He's kicking it to the ten with no hang time either. Like that thing is a beam straight to the returner at the ten-yard line on the numbers. <sighs> it's it's bad. It's really bad. Um, you got anything else you want to rant about, or should we uh, wrap this Let's baby up? Let's see. Uh, do I have anything more I wanted to rant about? Kind of went on about the secondary breakdowns, the lack of complimentary football, making Tannehill look like a superstar, explosive plays, twenty-two of tw- kicks. 22 of 27 for 333 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. Yep. It's a great line. Great line. It's a great line. Um, the best play- thing about this game that the Packers did was um, slowing down Henry. Yeah. Other than that, Watson was, looked good at least. Watson looked good again. Watson's going to be, I think, you know, so knock I think on wood. Future, Watson's going to look like Watson's looking like a player. Knock on wood. Um, should so we go to player of the game? Thoughts? I think yeah. mine was mine was Watson for player of the game or Cobb. I think Cobb and I, I had Cobb because he yeah. was. First game back off the IR, and he got six of six tar- targets for 73 yards, led the team in receiving yardage, and caught 100% of his targets. When he's on the field, he's very good. Like, he's very, very solid. Like, he he still has football left in him if his body will, will, will like, work with him on it, you know? Um, and yeah, that's the players I, of the game. And then closing... I was trying to think about, do I ha- could I... Did I have a, a d- player on the defensive side? No. To call a player of the game no. for defense, and no. it's like the closest thing I could think Quay, of was maybe, yeah, maybe Quay, maybe for who had the best game as a defensive player. I mean, yeah, I'd, and I was no. the other only other person I could think of is compared to expectation, Enigbari. I mean, here's the thing: like when you're looking at the defense and you're looking at the Titans, this is. The most points they've scored all year? Yeah. Yes. It's the most points they've scored all year. Yeah. I think it's fair to not have a defensive player of the game in that instance. Um, <laughs> so I'm, just, I'm, just te- I'm just telling like it is. Laying um, the truth bombs. Yeah. I mean, uh, you want let's do closing thoughts. I mean, my closing thought is the Cowboys game was what it was. Nice win. Nice chance to dunk on Cowboys fans because why not? It's not a portent for turning the season around. The Packers are a deeply flawed football team and it's probably going to be tough the rest of this year. It's probably going to be tough next year. Um, but we'll be here along for the ride with you. So it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, maybe we'll have, as you mentioned, uh, a, a nice young receiver core. If Dobbs and Watson can start playing together, I mean, with complimentary Dobbs... skill sets and complimentary parts of the field. I think Dobbs and Watson are a great, like one, two punch. And the if only question get, is who's the get... one and who's the two. Yeah, I, I think that it's possible they could turn out to be a real quality NFL number one and number two receiver. They if just you get both of them from the same draft is an amazing haul. Yeah. Um, and I think this draft starting to round into form a little better than some of the last couple. 
but we'll have to see how this carries over into subsequent years. Yeah, I mean, uh, but I think the first Dobbs, round picks, Watson and I have a lot Toure. of questions about the first round picks still. Yeah, and you can question what that the strategy and the positional decision making on, on those first couple of picks. It's like, oh, what were you think? Is that was that really the smartest thing you could have done? I to mean, pick, I, pick those positions. I can't. You, you I don't know if about... I can really talk because I was really high on Wyatt, aside from off the field concerns, obviously. Um, yeah, but I was really I was... high on him, but but he's been a nothing burger. I don't know, like One I, I don't know how else to say that, it. That I did in this whole, and I did a crap ton of mock drafts. I always grabbed an edge defender, and I always grabbed a safety in every one. I thought they didn't have enough depth at safety, and they didn't have enough enough depth at edge. They did eventually get an edge in the fifth round with Enigbari, but they didn't get a single safety. Um, and I think that's something that's coming back to bite them. Um, but I do... So what we're looking at is like a 5% chance of making the playoffs, requiring them to essentially change who they've been for most of this season to do so. we got the... Eagles coming up in prime time next um, Thanksgiving weekend on Sunday night. Um, we'll have to see what what happens there. Um, can they play consistent football? Are they are they just unable to put together enough good plays in a row because they're not good enough to make that many plays good plays in a row, or do they just not have the right amount of discipline and organization to do to be in the right place at the right time yeah i mean there's going to be so many questions over the off season is going to be one of big changes yeah i mean there's so many hard to predict exactly what they're gonna hard to predict what they're gonna do in this off season i mean the thing is there's gonna be so many cap issues they got to decide on jordan loves like They've got to decide on Jordan's year love fifth-year option. They've got to decide about what's going on with Rogers' monster contract, and I think he's got like something kicks in early in the off season about uh, some kind of bonus. Maybe it's a player option. It might be a player option. It might be his decision. Yeah. I forget what it, I forget how it's constructed. You got to decide what to do with Aaron Jones because I don't think he's going to be playing for the Packers at twenty some million, which is what his cat pip is going to be next next year. And he's been their most consistent offensive weapon this year. Without him, it would be a real mess. Oh, yeah. Worse than it is. It's, so, he's the whole offense, and I don't even know if they can afford to keep him. Like, right. I don't know. So that's all kinds we're of gonna, stuff going We're going to talk about all of this stuff about going forward. We're getting a little off topic for an, a post-game pod, but let's try and wrap it up here. Um, yeah, some of this will be parts exactly. of off-season, off-season podcasts. Exactly. But anyway, thank you so much for listening, dear listeners. I know it's tough after a loss, but we hope maybe with a couple games, a couple days at least to breathe about it, this will fire up your juices a little more again because we did get a little heated on this pod. But anyway, thanks yeah. so much for listening but again. Let's, let's bring on the Eagles next week. Exactly. This yeah, is going to be it. This they're going to beat the Eagles, and I'm going to be annoyed. This um, time, for sure. But come give us a follow on Twitter, at FatherSonPackers. Come subscribe to us. How annoyed will you be if they win the last six games and they don't make the playoffs because of all because of the games they squandered earlier. I mean, the thing is, <laughs> I don't. They're the not. Pos- the, the probability like, of that happening is very low. Here's the thing: like they'd make the playoffs, 
I mean, they'd get... I mean, if you look at the playoff teams that they have a chance of playing, I don't think they match up well on any of them. So what's the point? Um, but anyway, you can find us on Twitter at Father Son Packer. Find us on YouTube, Father Son Packers Podcast. Come give us a subscribe. We would really appreciate it. Come give us a follow on Twitter. It is what it is. The Packers are 4-7. and seven. You know, we're hoping for wins going forward, but... There's a lot of lot of new a lot of changes coming forward on the horizon, I think, for the Packers. And we'll be here twice a week to ride along with them, uh ride along them with you. Until next time, go pack go. Go pack go.